Hello and how are you? Welcome back to FLA Exposure, episode 157, sponsored by a good friends at Beat It Sport Canada. Check them out online, beatitcanada.ca. Use the code FLA10 and save. Very good for your heart. Very good nutrition. Tastes great. Uh, yeah, big, big supporters of FLA, so check them out online. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Really excited for a great episode here tonight. Uh, joined by Corey Guitard, uh, a black belt out of 10th Planet, Montreal. Uh, also a big, big competitor, one of the best in Canada when it comes to jiu-jitsu and competitive jiu-jitsu. He's competed all over uh, North America, specifically in big, big tournaments like Matt Warriors and Soji, Fight to Win. He's obviously a Pan Am medalist as well when it comes to the Nogi. So the guy's all over the place. He's huge when it comes to instructionals. Uh, if you get a chance to check it out, we'll talk to him a little bit more as we get going here. But uh, I believe it's learn.jujitsuxfactor.com. And you can pick up uh, any of his kind of stuff. But he'll, he'll probably correct me if I butchered that uh, very quickly. But let's get him on here in chat. And uh, very honored to be joined by uh, Mr. Corey Guitar. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Kat. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a long time. I've been excited to talk with you. So Yeah, man. It's been a long time. Uh, much respect back to, to you and uh, Montreal. How, how have you been? How's everything going uh, on your end? It's, uh, it's coming together. Uh, it's been a weird nice. year. So we, uh, we kind of got a, a, a company bought the building we were in like right before the pandemic. And so we moved into mm. like not expecting to have moved, but we kind of got booted and had to move into uh, Apex Martial Arts, which is my friend Ryan's gym. And then the pandemic hit and then we were forced to close and we've been closed legally for most of the last 15 months. And obviously we found ways to work around it and train, yeah. but but haven't been able to run a normal academy so we spent most of that time uh securing a new location and now we're going to be moving in and setting up the gym again so it's been nuts it's been nuts that's the thing like i i gotta say like and myself i went through a little period in this third lockdown that we've had out here in the east coast probably was six weeks to two months probably two months we were locked down actually and for some reason it seemed awful hard but you guys up like in montreal you guys have been pretty much like on a curfew now for how long um man i'm not exactly sure how long the curfew has been in effect but i know that since the second wave started which was like uh fall last fall i guess fall yeah, 2020 yeah. and since fall 2020 we've been heavily restricted in, in just about every way so before that like this last summer wasn't so bad we were able to to train a little bit here and there legally but it, mm -hmm. yeah it's been it's been pretty pretty nuts things are getting a lot better here the the numbers are low. The everything looks really yeah. good. Lots of people are vaccinated, so I think that we're we're getting back to business now. But it's been nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been very hard, and it's it's huge. Like it's it's that's a great segue, like to focus, like because then the day it's we have to focus on positive stuff, and at the end, like we're very close to being back to normal. So yeah. regardless, like you know, we all have friends, like and everybody's sometimes on either side of the table here, but. Yeah. I'm I'm a big believer and like I just got I'm just gonna get the vaccine I got the vaccine and I'm gonna move forward with my life and and that is what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I man, I I'm not trying to tell anybody what to think for sure. It's nah. like there's so much that in jujitsu too. There's so many of us like going around and and spreading a lot of information that we're perhaps not qualified to be commenting publicly. I'm not that we don't have a right to have an opinion. We do, we yeah. but but uh, like my focus well is jujitsu, so it's. It's really just been about like managing the situation as best we can and getting everybody back in the gym in a way that's that's safe and can work. And I feel like we're there now. So 
you know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's it coming, coming out of this. Yeah. That's cool. What, uh, I, I, I ask everybody on here, uh, how'd you get into martial arts, Corey? Well, I've been into it my whole life. I, uh, I was a, a nerdy kid before I was an athlete. So I, you know, I love comic books. I love anime. I love that stuff. So I always, so always many like people it. in martial arts are though. Yeah, exactly. And so I did a little bit of that. And then as I got older, I mean, I, I kind of came into my own a little bit and I started playing sports. And and then when I was about 22, that that's kind of over, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was just bored and didn't have a lot of direction. And my, my wife at the time was my girlfriend and she got me a, a pass to go try jujitsu. And she knows I liked it. I talked about it and and I went, and uh, I've been completely absorbed with it since my first class. <laughs> so, Isn't that insane how that happens? Is. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I didn't – I had an idea of what I was going to do with my life, you know? And uh, then at one day, I just had to accept. And I say accept because it wasn't all, It wasn't like I always had in my head I was going to be professional in jiu-jitsu, you know? I had in yeah. my head I was going to do other things. And when I had – I had to come to the the conclusion that I was having more fun and enjoying my life more on the day to day in jujitsu. So it's like whatever big plans my ego had for me, like, like my day to day was wonderful. I was enjoying coming, training hard. I was enjoying the work. I was enjoying helping people. So it was like, it wasn't even a choice. It was just, you got to accept that this is what you're supposed to do. And yeah. that's how it felt. Yeah. You know? So did that, I mean, that's such a wonderful thing to hear. Like, like how long goes that now? Uh, well, it'll be, I've been doing jujitsu for nine years, so it'll be 10 in January. And, but it was like, you know, I did it like a normal person for like two years where I was in school, I finished yeah. school. And the moment I finished school, I started training full time. So I was so, seven years old. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're a political science or were or are was, yeah <laughs> professor well not a professor no I, I i was in grad school when i started doing jiu-jitsu and um and i when i finished i decided not to do the next step which would have been to pursue a phd i was teaching i was teaching in college gotcha. and uh so i had some teaching experience so when i started teaching jiu-jitsu classes i realized that like i liked that more than i liked teaching anything else so uh well yeah, that's kind of what I was, I was interested in, like the like the comparison and like how like actually teaching in a, in a school setting compared to teaching in jujitsu setting, how how it translated and helped you or didn't help you or. Well, uh, to be honest, I think uh, teaching is just better as a thing in jujitsu. So I, I know that sounds weird. Why am I going to explain that? Because I'm going to explain that. Um, <laughs> classes are, are hard settings like in a class you're lecturing yeah. so much right which is like it's important you, you do you need to be lectured too but it's like such a small part of learning and like doing is such a so much yeah. of a bigger part of learning that like i liked the fact that i could lecture for 15 20 minutes and then get into things that actually help people learn you know so like the rate at which you're going to learn sitting in a classroom, even with a great professor, isn't even close to how fast you learn when you start jujitsu, in my opinion, because you're being told good things, but you're also being shown them and then you're getting to practice them and you're getting feedback on it all in the same day. So for me, it's like, and your brain's interested, you're moving, you're engaged. So I think it's just a, like almost an optimal learning environment. 
Interesting. Because it's interesting that that's a great way of putting it because myself, like I really struggle with ADHD, like right. especially when it comes to jujitsu. Like I'm like the worst, like Jared, my coach would be showing or oh, what over like my whole yeah. like life. It's been like that, but I like, I can learn really well one-on-one -on -one doing something like touching, mm -hmm. doing the, 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 the feeling aspect. But if I'm like watching something, like watching a video, I could watch your instructional and I'm telling you like 10 seconds in, I'd be like, what? I just can't. But it's, and it's amazing that you say that, that touch that like, and it's funny that school isn't more like that. It's, I mean, it's, it's awful that it's not more like that. If you think about like how many people do poorly in school, just not because they're not intelligent, yeah. but just because they have energy, <laughs> like they need to expend energy and they haven't got yeah. that yet. So it's like, that's it's such a silly thing that we structure it. I mean, it's an industrial structure. It's preparing yeah. people to to learn a task and perform it on a bell and stop for lunch and leave at the end yeah. of the day. But, yeah. but ultimately, like you said, like some people aren't visual and some aren't auditory, and yeah. they they will almost only ever have a chance at learning the technique once I stop talking. So, it, and that's different. Some people will, their eyes are, I can tell they're into everything I'm saying. So it's like, I do that bit. And I, and of course everyone likes the sound of their own voice. I like to lecture. I like to see people understand what I'm yeah, saying, of course. but I, yeah. but I also know that no matter how good I get at that, that half the class just won't pick it up. They'll pick it up when they're doing it. So that to have all those tools to mix all those ways we learn, they're all present in a jujitsu class. So we have the ability to use them all. I love that, man. And that, that's, I guess, why it's so good with people like, obviously, who have ADHD or social anxiety issues. or Like, for yeah. me, a big thing of it, like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I came into the sport at 27. I came into the sport mm -hmm. a little bit late. I'm sorry, 28, actually. And I was an athletic kid. Like, I played hockey. Like, I was a, played every sport you can imagine growing up. And then I was like, you, you know, in my 20s, I just started partying and had no athletic right. drive at all, right? And then as soon as I picked jujitsu up, I was immediately like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. But then you then you meet people, like, you, you get to just levels, man, and you meet people. And if, you, if you're the smart people in this sport, really excel. Yeah, I mean, I, and I honestly think that means different things, you know, like, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think even like smart means more than intelligent, you know, like intelligence kind of you're talking about someone's processing power, you know, like their ability to take in information and clean it up and use it and really quickly. Right. But if you look at like somebody who throws really well, right, their brain is the, the part of their body that's doing the calculating for that. So like, that's smart, too. So my point is just that, like, it may not be intelligence, but there's a lot of people that come into the gym that may not abstract well, like they don't understand the concepts as well when I when I talk about them. Yeah. But then their bodies learn the moves really fast. So it's mm. like we, gotcha. we said we think about if someone speaks well, we think about them as as smart, right? But like in yeah. it's a physical task, and some people have like this physical ability to just uh, see and do without even having mm -hmm. been explained. So that's yeah. what's cool about jiu-jitsu is you see that there's people learn it in different ways too, right? And, and yeah. It, yeah. it's a like super complex game. So it's not as if we figured it out entirely or we figured out how we take it on entirely, you know? Well, that's it. That's, man, I love hearing this kind of like aspect of like teaching and because and, I don't ever kind of think of it this way. So I love that, man. I'm, I'm a big proponent of always learning. You know, that's it's such a huge, mm -hmm. like you say, the sport is like that. And 
it's every day you can roll with somebody different who moves in a different way or, or everything about it is just, a, it's a wonderful thing. And if you're not learning, man, it's just, a, it can become a pretty stagnant thing. I think it's boring if you're not, yeah. you know, like you don't have to be getting better than like the best guy in the world. But if you don't feel like you're making any improvements, you're, I, you're probably, you'll probably quit at some point. Most people I know that feel like they completely stop improving. Even if that rate is really slow, it's enough to keep them going. But if you're not improving at all, I find it hard to believe you're going to stick around the sport forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm kind of going through that a little bit now, like because I haven't been training. I moved and probably in the last year or so I haven't been training like as much as I should by any means. And like most people obviously haven't, but like I could have made a little bit more of an effort and, and learning. And and now some people kind of catch up to you and you're like, oh, man, like, yeah. you know, like I got to check my level a little bit and get a little bit better and learn some things. And Yeah, I mean, there'll always be people catching up in this fucking game too. It's like. Yeah. Anybody, even though the person that's been doing it longer has the tremendous advantage of, of having all of that technique learned, right? And getting to build on the technique they already have learned to learn new techniques so they can maybe learn a little faster in general if they're putting in the work. But, but someone new that's really motivated, that's training every day, twice a day, you know, it's if you're Scary. a working, working guy and then you're showing up to class four times a week or three times a week, whatever, it's going to be very difficult to compete with a yeah. young athletic person who's committing their entire life to this and has the internet has all the resources they need to pick up all the best information yeah. from everywhere. So it like, it's not so great. I, I dev, I'm sure you have already heard this. Everyone has, it's not so great to measure against the other players so much as like, like situ how well did you do in this situation versus that situation last time? Like, if, if you're dealing with some guy that's always cross-facing you and you come up with a, a tool that made him post his elbow out and you got an arm in and you made like, that's a big win. You, yeah, just, yeah. you just got better, you know? And if you can learn yeah. to recognize that stuff, I think you stay motivated and, and you keep improving over time. Small, small victories. And that, yeah, that's, little, that's for me, that's what it's about. Like when I roll with somebody, like if, if the, if the guy smashed me the last time we rolled, I mean, mm -hmm. like for me, it's like, okay, you're, you're not smashing me this time. Like there's, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure. And that's my victory. If I didn't get smashed as bad or, if, or if you like, whatever, like I, I don't, for me, I don't need to, uh, like, I know I'm not like a world-class competitor. I'm, I'm a hobbyist kind of who, who likes to roll hard and, and go hard with my team or whatever to different chin. But I know my, my skill set, right. And like, it's, you have to have those little things. Like I heard a, a mental coach talk about it one time. He said, win every 15 seconds. And it was like, Oh, Sorry, I missed sense. that. You say check in every fifteen seconds. Win every fifteen seconds. Oh, like yeah, make yeah. make it through that fifteen seconds, and then yeah, if you, that's you, the, you well, won. The measurement that we use of like I got subbed or I subbed this guy is terrible, right? It it's terrible if that's what you're completely focused on. Yeah, time, right for improvement. Yeah. I don't mean it's terrible as a way to end a match. It's it's a great way to like I love the idea of sub or get subbed as the end of 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 a match. It's awesome. But what I mean is that like if you're rolling with the same guy every day and it's like, I got subbed three times today, I got subbed two times today. It's not even necessarily the best measure of your progression or how much trouble you're giving them. Because I, I and what's funny is ask anybody who's really good, right? Relative to whoever they're rolling. So if I roll a blue belt, I'm a lot better than them. And mm -hmm. if I tap them five times today and I tap them four times yesterday, they think they got worse, but I might've had a harder time with them and they have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's like also that feedback, is really cool. Like I like to have our students live drill with each other a lot. Like, like 
positional sparring and and give feedback to each other on how they feel and i like that it, it, it helps you improve but it also lets you know that you are improving which is like important for your mental i think hmm, that's a very cool aspect i never ever heard anybody else doing that is that a your thing or is that a 10th planet thing i don't think anything's my thing for sure i just take <laughs> <laughs> I, I read and i and i and i watch a lot of jujitsu i like that i always have and i just take i don't i don't know where everything comes from because i don't i I consume so much content that I don't always remember where I got an idea from. Right. But I'm pretty confident that none of them came from me in that everybody's yeah. thought, I mean, you look, you got yeah. a guy heel, heel hooking a centaur in a vase, you know, like this stuff is old and uh, we rediscover a lot of things, but you know, like the, like the meta in jujitsu is sort of like, Oh, I saw some guy do something. I'm going to adjust it a little, make a DVD about it and not mention that guy. And then, yeah, like, yeah. you know, so it's as if we're always making stuff up, but like almost everybody just built an improvement on the last person that they watched. Yeah, use that totally, man. Thing. Same as our events. Like, man, if, you, if someone thinks that, like, we're just people that are just putting on shows that saw someone else put on a show, and like, it's not, it's like we're all just you watch here, man. You like, right? And you, like, if you see a show and they're doing something well and you just take it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It happens. And that's the thing. You're not going to give like credit, like, oh, I saw this. You're going to use it to better your production, right? Like it's, it's, and you're going to use it to better, you know, it's, it is what it is. That's, that's, that's a good segue actually, because I want to kind of run back to all the events that you've competed in because you actually competed in the first one, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is MFL. You're the, like the first kind of big one for you, like a, yeah, well, champion. I did the, yeah, so I've, MFL is a, kind of an amateur feeder to TKO yeah. and, and those types of organizations. So it's oh, Montreal you know, Mass. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna fight professionally in Quebec, you're either doing Fight Quest or MFL before, and then if you win a belt, maybe you'll get a contract with with one of the pro leagues. And they decided to incorporate grappling, and so yeah, I did one super fight and won the belt, but then I never defended it. The the pandemic hit like six months after that, and so uh, yeah. That's oh, one of the got the belt. Yeah, <laughs> that's and then obviously that's that that's kind of on the local level for you guys. But yeah, then you obviously went on to fight to win and uh, and Soji. Soji's a big one too in New York. Yeah, well, I at Sogi, I, uh, I had a match with uh, Danny Stolfi, who's really good. Yeah. He's uh, AOJ black belt, Hickson Cup champion, you know, world silver medalist. Like he's he's Very you see good. him on Emerald City and CJJ, and he's on everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had a very, very tight match with him in the main event. I ended up winning in overtime. The regulation was, it was as close to a draw as possible, but I got the W. So <laughs> I'm still about it. Uh, um, every promoter rests. Yeah. And Sogi's a dope event. It's really, really cool. Who's, uh, that is in New York, correct me if I'm wrong. That's in Long Island. And it's, uh, it's uh, Chris Chagoli that runs it. And, and oh, nice. uh, I know Steve Caston's involved, the head coach of 10 final Long Island. And they're, they're, they got a wicked team. So they're cool to go visit and, and hang out with. And, uh, and yeah, I like that event a lot. It's like one of my students actually beat Mike Davila at that event. So that was like a huge oh, day nice. because he didn't even know who Mike Davila was. Right. So oh, no. <laughs> he goes into the match and he, he taps him in regulation. And then I'm like, Oh, you just, oh, shit. And he's like, Who's wow. <laughs> It, Man, the games it, change so quick. Well, those events are. That's why I love the the sub only events that are like pro, but not don't have gatekeepers sort of making sure only some yeah. people get in. Because that way you can have a purple belt 
a purple block can tap a world class black belt. It happens no all the time, and yeah. and you just have to get those matchups, you know. Yeah. And do your that, you have to be willing to have like the the, the world class black black belt step up, and like I, I will say, like probably the only person I would think that actually, when I think back to all those events that we did back in the day, like the sub series ones, is uh, Nathan Orchard was a guy. He yeah. took a match against Ethan Crowlinston who was a brown belt and, and Nathan was a black belt and he was, and Nathan was like 30 pounds heavier. And he said at the end of the match, he's like, Hey, listen, I didn't need to take this match, but this is what this is about testing yourself with up and coming people and like giving them the platform that I was mm -hmm. like, you know, and, the, and it was a wonder, he was such a great guy to deal with, man. Like one of my favorite people ever that I, that I dealt with. Yeah. I, I don't know Nathan personally, but I've only heard good things about him and he's a wicked competitor. And and like you said, I don't think that he shies away from any any opportunity to get better. I think that some people are really wrapped up in their career in terms of like their record or yeah. um, like their Instagram profile or whatever. And like yeah. if if you're doing this, that doesn't you, matter at all. No, no. And if if you're in this for jujitsu, like really, the the competitive part is like a part of that process but it's not like the end goal of that process so for a lot of people they're training to compete to win whereas like i think guys like nathan and definitely guys like me like i'm training to train i'm competing yeah. because it's part of this entire thing i go i get to experience and travel i get to test myself um and I, you know it attracts students and i get to take technique back from that improve it's an incubator you know so like there's all these reasons to compete. Yeah, it's like a work like, training trip. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, of course, I like to win. I'm competitive. I want to win every time I go out there, but I'm not like, I don't know what my grappling record is. Put it this way. I don't know what it is. I don't really care. And yeah. as long as I feel like I'm improving and performing, then that's, that's my goal. You know, man, so. that's what a wonderful, I love that kind of stuff, man. Like I, I, I love talking to people like you that are just exactly that way because that's what it's about. Like my coach, my coaches are very much like that too. Like it's just, it's whether you want to call it cliche or whatever, but it's that jujitsu lifestyle where you, where mm -hmm. it's just part of your life. You're always going to train regardless if you're hurt, regardless if you're, it's just part of it. And you go through these ups and downs and yeah. Like, like if competing makes my technique better, I'm more interested in that relationship than in making my technique better to compete. Even if both are important, like I'm more, I'm more interested in, in the benefits I get from competition than in getting better for competition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're, that's, that's interesting because do you think that's why your, your videos, like you you're very easy to listen to and, and you break things down really well. And you seem to have a really good following with it too. Like, is that kind of why? Or? <laughs> Maybe we do a lot of cuts, man. We, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like it's like uh, it's like a David Fincher movie. Like I've, <laughs> with the, the concepts DVD that we released, the foundations of uh, Nogi grappling, we shot the entire thing twice. And that's not oh, including wow. like, like, oh, we shot this individual video sometimes three or four times, but we re we shot the whole thing and then watched it all. And we were just like, it's just not good enough. Yeah. So we scrapped it and shot the whole thing again. So I think the, when a video comes out and it's really uh, crisp, that's usually because you didn't see how much uh, yep. curating was involved in producing that. I mean, I, de I work on my teaching a lot and I love it. So I think that comes mm -hmm. for sure that comes through. But it's also, you know, we work on it a lot. 
to yeah. improve it and then but, only show you what's good. <laughs> so that's but that's passion though. That's good. You don't want to put out a shitty product. You know, if you no, put no, out no, to no, me, no. if you're putting out a shitty product, then obviously yeah. your teachings like it's it's a, again it goes back to passion, right? Like you yeah. care enough. Like I, I like people kind of get cranky at me on my team a little bit, like at our events and stuff. And and they're like, man, and I'm like, no, it is that important. Like it, it might not seem that important, but like for you, it's a small detail. But for me, it's been three, the last three months of my life, 24 hours a day. Exactly. So fuck you. It yeah, is that yeah, important. Well, it, like, it, like, I agree with you hundred percent. If you got a piece of work that, that you're putting together and that's your that's you. That's that's your profession. That's what you put all your time into, and yeah. uh, you can't listen to anybody else. I mean, you can hear other people. You know what I mean? Like if somebody has a critique, oh, yeah. I hear it. Yeah. I hear it. But when I mean listen, I mean ultimately, I'm I'm gonna work on this until I think it's ready. And if I don't think it's ready, I'm not releasing it. Yeah. Well, it's, at the end of the day, it's you putting your name and, and your skills out there on the line so exactly. yeah what what's the you know it's because there's no 10th planet out on the east coast obviously um yeah hopefully there is man like hopefully it comes i would i would think somebody like i, I don't know i don't want to drop any names but uh, you know i'm sure there is somebody out here that probably kind of falls under that lifestyle we've been contacted once or twice by high profile grapplers and in uh, Atlanta, Canada, about them. So the thing is, is that like a lot of times it's it depends on the person. Okay, so I'll, I'll say that. Like if the person, I think is, I actually contacted at one point. To be honest, way back very, in the day. I mean, I feel I feel so many questions about like how do you get in to tenth planet? I think because when something grows really fast and it's sort of. Um, like there's this dichotomy and it's breaking down. I think like right now you're getting more no gi capable schools that, or people that don't link back to Gracie bar or whatever it's, it's opening up. But the, for a while yeah. it was, you come from traditional jujitsu or 10th planet because there was only, yeah, it was. Planet was the only outsider that had like a legit lineage that could give belts that yeah. go right back to Matsuno Maeda. You know what I mean? So I think that that, that made it, attractive to people that want to start a business but don't want to be paying 30 percent fees back to gracie barra mm -hmm. don't want to be locked into a really strict because it's not really strict they're strict about the technique but aside from that they give you the freedom to run your school the way that you wish so i think that it's popular for that reason and we've gotten people that have been like i want to be part of 10th and they're going to do anything it's a really hard process so that they're yeah. going to do anything to join and then there's others that are like hey how can i get in and i tell them how and then they're like well that's way, <laughs> way too much stuff. See and they go another way and they get a backup from someone else you know which yeah. is fine totally yeah well that's it yeah. yeah man that goes back to again like at the end of the day it's 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 a business and they're the customer so they have a choice mm -hmm. to kind of go where where they like and, and the style that they like and it's i'm interested to see because I, I i you know we're we're very much like our school like we left and we, we kind of do our own thing in, in a little Picto County jujitsu. Like uh, we, we, we were part like Titans was a big community out here and it still is a big, a big part of the community here. And like, uh, so, but we just kind of do our own thing and we do a lot of no gi and, and not much gi. And it's, it's all about just training, man, and, and having fun, train where you want to train, learn from who you want to learn from, be respectful and, and know where you came from. You know what I mean? Like never forget sure. where you come from and, and be always respectful to your coaches. But no, you know, it doesn't have to be about all this foolishness sometimes. No, like, yes, and uh, associations are, are, are 
uh, like business arrangements, you know, and and mostly anyway. And yeah. there can be a little more than that. Like, like I definitely think like the the owner, a lot of the owners in tenth are tight, and there are a lot of cool opportunities. If you're like I'm coming from Montreal, I've had people allow me to come and teach at their schools in California. That yeah. helps me, you know. So there are things like that that are have been really beneficial. The ability to just message uh, someone the to network. and say like, can you help me with this? You know, so like learning a technique or something, whatever. So yeah. all of that's beneficial. But aside from that, it's like I've been to schools within, I've been to a lot of schools and uh, like all over. And and I've been to Gracie bars that are cool and I've been to ones that were weird and I've and there's I've been in a couple of 10 planets that were weird. I've been to a couple yeah. of places in any association that are weird. And I've been to wicked schools all over with cool. So if you got a good coach, like the business yeah. and the association part of it, yeah, I'm not saying it's irrelevant. It matters. But I, what matters the most is the coach and the community and the effort that's put into the environment. And that can happen at any school in any association. So. <laughs> And again, well said. It's it's funny. I was thinking about that before this interview, and I was thinking about like because I come from uh, and I, I'm I'm a true believer, and this is why Sub Series was successful. Mm-hmm. Also, it was it was a huge community effort that, and no one really realized. But like that's kind of why we wanted to start with jujitsu before we got into MMA, is to build a jujitsu mm-hmm. to a point that when we got into MMA, that a lot of these people who are doing jujitsu would transcend it transition into mma do you know what i mean and it was like so we wanted to kind of build it together but um i think that like i i come from a disney background like well that's where i was kind of trained like what in tourism and travel and and i worked for them for a long time and and i and i think it's you you have this thing where if you treat your employees properly like if you treat employees well like whether it's disney or it's walmart or wherever it is if you can get everybody to buy in and that environment is positive and happy and nobody's going to the break room and talking shit and everybody's having a ball, man, that's what you want. And that's exactly what it's like in a jujitsu club. And it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, like that to me, the most challenging part of running a school is like realizing that it's like, it's alive. Like it's a, it's like kind of like a social organism, you know, and you have to be constantly watering it and, sometimes culling it sometimes you got to ask someone to leave you know what i mean it's it's not what yeah. you want you try you and it's never the first thing you do you know it's always there's always talking that comes way before that but it it's just that ultimately left completely untouched like looks like a stagnant pool of water you know like you gotta mm-hmm. keep the water moving so yeah, I, I, yeah i do find you gotta have open lines of communication with students and and you have to know when to listen, but also when to draw the line. And it's not, I don't think running a school, that part of it, I think is difficult. I think you could get by and make money and not have a great place maybe. But if you want to have a place where people are really psyched to come train every night, and then you also got to be psyched to come train every night. Yeah, that's true too. That's, uh, it just takes, but if you really care about it, that's like, what else you got to do? That's what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. And I, like, I see what my coaches deal with a lot and don't get me wrong. Like, man, back in the old days, I put them through some bullshit myself, like with, with these events and stuff, you know, like it's just sometimes politics is, is part of stuff. And unfortunately, but at the end of the day, man, if, if it's, that's, that's it, man. Cause no, I don't think a lot of people like students specifically, sometimes you, you like, you become like such good friends with these people who are coaching it. Like I am specifically, and I'm sure you are too. 
where people kind of forget that, okay, they're my buddy instead of, oh man, they're doing this like 18 times a week. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. every day, like four times a day or whatever it happens to be. It's a yeah. lot. I, uh, I definitely, man, I like to be people's friend, but I also yeah. am a coach. It's, it, it's, it, it's weird because it's like, you know, in the gym, when it comes to like the conduct in the gym, which isn't like crazy strict at all at our place, but, but what we do expect, we absolutely expect, you know, like meaning like we expect you to be nice to people. We expect you not to hurt people mm. on purpose, you know, do like simple shit. Common sense. Common sense, but it's got to be enforced pretty strictly. And then, but, but, you know, you're my friend, Corey. So it's like that, that, yeah that gets that can get tricky and sometimes you have to have talks with people you have to be like yeah i'm your friend but i'm also the coach and when i'm coaching 40 people that comes first and mm-hmm. and i'll go for a beer and be with be your friend after you know it's, a, it's yeah, like sure, it's, sure. it's a hat you know you put on a hat and like you're a person but if you're a parent or you're you know a manager you put on that hat when you need to do what needs to be done yeah that, that, that's, man, it's interesting. And I, t- I also talk with my coach a lot about this, about how the generations are a little bit different because like you and I could have a conversation where it's like, if I were doing something wrong and you told me, I'd be like, well, all right, that sucks, but I got to fix it and move on. Yeah. But now it's like, if you, you're the bad guy, it's like, there's, it's like, you're the bad guy forever. You're really the that's, bad guy. Yeah. I think we, like, we have more of a black. I think the internet creates a, a very black and white dichotomy over anything. So it's like not all things, but any individual thing. So it's like, if we're talking about, you know, just as a, if it's baseball, it's like, you like baseball, you're a baseball guy. I don't like baseball. You're a bad guy. You know, it's just like, it's so, <laughs> it's so black and white. And it's so silly. Like, it's true. Like, yeah, we can all, you know, agree that certain things yeah. are, are, are bad, but, um, but most things are complicated. <laughs> like bottom line when it comes to, if, if people ha- if a whole bunch of people have two extreme opinions there's usually some maybe one group is more wrong than the other sure but like there's a reason there's a reason this many people yeah. think that you know and yeah. it's not just that the other side are sheeps and the others you know it's always that yeah. you know one thing that's i've learned through the years with running this promotion and i'm sure again it's very very similar to being a coach because you're dealing with so many different personalities and, th- and it's kind of a live thing like you said is you just you have to learn to let things go like it's just like in here out here like you 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 put it somewhere but it's like no no i just can't mm-hmm. yeah and i think people often perceive that as as you know like you think you're better than them or or it's hard it's hard to yeah. come off as like i hear this type of of complaint 20 times a day but it's i know why and where it's coming from so i'm not giving it a ton of attention if i did give it attention my response would be even more negative so i'm doing my best <laughs> to, to let it slide that happens i mean you're like you're running a whole i remember one time my student george i was having like a a, a harder day managing some conflicts in the gym and george was like hey he's like you don't control who comes in here because anybody comes in here and i remember like he was like 19 at the time i remember being like wow that's wise you know that yeah how do you, you control don't. all those personalities yeah. that are coming in there? And yeah. once I have an idea of who is in the gym, like the, the student, they've probably been there for two years and and sort of reshaped part of their personality like around jujitsu. So yeah. already yeah. I don't know like what's the, what are their core issues and when are those going to come out? We all have them. I have them, you know? 100%. So, yeah. 
So it's like you don't know why a situation like this brings brings those out for sure. Like the last year has been uh, oh. managing personalities has been a bigger part of my job than it ever was before for sure but i love these people so i'll do it <laughs> well and that's it at the end of the day man i look it's, it's again going back to cliche or whatever but like we're we're not going to war no. but if we had to i would i would be right behind that guy and the guys who are running my gym and i look at them as my my leaders and that's just the way it is i look at them as great men and that's just the way it is so it's you know it's one of those kind of you just when you're sweating and, and training with people for so hard and for so long, there's just this bond. We all talk about it, but it's just this weird cliche of a bond. But it's it's like I think it's like in again times like these more even more important to remember that like you go on the internet and you're part of like a camp and, and it's like I'm on the, the right side or the left side of whatever issue, and it's like in the gym, those people didn't Doesn't just matter. start disagreeing with you when COVID showed up. Like the, like all those people disagreed with you the whole time you've been training and you didn't care and neither did they. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've been training with people with different opinions this whole time. It's just now that everybody's life is being inconvenienced by a situation that's complicated. Like, so now you lose or gain respect for people based on how they side with your opinion. It's silly because this whole yeah. time you've been so close. Yeah. If you didn't know any of that kind of stuff, like why judge it now? I try to remind students that as much as I can that like like just you know you like these people not because they voted for A or B you like these people because they're nice to you and they talk to you about issues and things you have in common with them primarily jujitsu in most cases so it's like the other stuff doesn't really matter that much most of the time it really doesn't you're exactly right most of the time almost all of the time like a very very small percentage of the time it matters almost like yeah, like you, you come to you come to train not, not to. I don't care what background it is, what race you are, what do you do for a job, mm -hmm. what how many kids you have. I don't care. Like I'm here to train, and you're a body, and that's it. And if I happen to become close to you because we have something in common, great. But if we don't have things in common, I'm still going to respect you and not care. Mm -hmm. Like you know. So I think like it's learning. You can learn to understand people too a little bit better. You know, it's not a thing to understand where somebody's coming from who has a radically different political opinion than you. And one of the best places that you could have that experience is a gym because you're you're uh, you're diffused. You know, you're not your walls aren't up. You're not you're training. You could maybe yeah, you're not guarded, and maybe you can even take in information that your biases would have prevented you from doing in another circumstance. Hmm, interesting. Very cool. I like that because exactly when you're comfortable, obviously, man, that's one big thing and I love about this podcast. And I'm a chatty Kathy. I talk anyway. That's what my uh, partner talk calls me chatty Kathy all the time. But for like, I, I think it's a lost art of talking to one another. Like, you know, everybody's so quick to like, oh, they see a Facebook profile or they see my face on, on a podcast or whoever it is. And they're like, I don't like that guy. It's like, why? He could, have, he could have literally donated a, a thousand bucks 10 minutes ago to a cause that benefit mm -hmm. your, like you have no idea about anybody. So it's, uh, I think these no, conversations man, it's are It's important really to remember good. you're dumb, you're dumb too. You know, like, like I'm talking dumb about myself here. Like we're all, <laughs> I mean, we all have parts of us that are, yeah, dumb or like just, you, or you like have opinions that you have no idea why you have them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I, have, I think lots of things that I have no idea why I think it. 
So it's like, if I were to judge someone else by something that they think that they have no idea why they think, and they haven't thought about it yet, maybe, or, or I'm just wrong. So it's just, there's like, there's too much. Yeah. There's just highways going, man. Where, where it stops. Like, oh, I'm on side A or B of everything, you know, it's, and, yeah. and with, I think with more, all this time that people have been out of jujitsu and out of, of physically interacting with each other in the world, it, it's made people more crazy a little. And because mm. I mean, you're all, you're in this like space of ideas all day online, right? Where like just information flies, ideas fly, but like there's no grass, you know, you're not connected to anything. And then you yeah. go and you roll and it like, it grounds you. So I think that people yeah. getting back to training is also going to ease some of the social tension in, in at least within the communities. So. I think so too. I, I agree. It's amazing what that makes you feel. So those endorphins and serotonin and everything, it just makes you feel so good after yeah. you have a good power training session. I want one uh, big thing I want to ask before we get going here, Corey, two, two questions I ask everybody. Sure. Um, first is mentors. Who's somebody that's, uh, or people who have been kind of like got you and kept you motivated through this, you know, they're, they're kind of the rock for you that you can always count on. Well, I've been like, I've been really lucky. I have a lot, you know, like, nice. I mean, that's good, man. Like, like I got, I got my wife who signed me up and who's like crazy supportive of all, all my, my, uh, my efforts and some of the things I do that are maybe less rational. And you know, <laughs> that's like, there for family, family. Yeah, yeah. So that base obviously is is awesome. That and my family's supportive and and um but I mean my coach Lewis is I mean I he's the one who came to me and, and encouraged me to teach and uh I mean I was teaching classes a little bit but encouraged me to like pursue it as something nice, you know? very cool. And and brought me in on brought me in on his business to be a partner and so like and and taught me the basis, all the base knowledge that I that I had in jujitsu. So that's been amazing. And then I'm, you know, I've got to train a lot with Eddie, and I've got to train a lot with the Martinez brothers, and they've done a, a they've really uh, been cool to me, giving me opportunities to fight and nice. get paid fights, which are things that I had a hard time finding. And yeah. uh, and Wagner Rocha obviously is a, a a good friend of mine and a guy who. Uh, you know, I met randomly at a tournament one day and, and started to uh, travel down there to train with him and oh, nice. learned a lot training with, with him as well. So, and then, then there's the guys that you just like, you don't, I don't know Marcelo Garcia, but I fucking love him. And I've <laughs> spent a lot of time studying yeah. his, his material and, and half Mendes material. And, and I love, I love Paul Schreiner and I love uh, Nick Boley. And there's so many teachers out there who I, I think are outstanding that I, I try to emulate. Nice. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Marcelo, man. Hard to, when you get that yeah, invaluable mad time, train with Eddie and the yeah. Martinez I mean, brothers. I mean, Danaher too, right? Danaher, like everybody's, everyone's talking like that. Yeah. But it's nice yeah, to these, say these other are names all too. Huge names. Like, I think all <laughs> of us are doing their jujitsu, you know? Yeah. No question. Yeah. So no question about I think that. Kind of a bit of everyone, you know? What about uh, advice? For, uh, for two people, uh, if for for the older grappler who is now a blue belt, who has mm -hmm. been off for a year due to a pandemic and is wanting to come back, but is on the fence, okay. and also someone who's new and who hasn't started jujitsu or or any martial arts. Well, I think the. Uh... 
I'll use an example that for the blue belt, I'll use an example that I got from uh, a Kyo Tara told me this once. I was at a seminar and he was like, uh, like, remember when you started jujitsu and remember when you were going home after practice and how much fun you had and how bad you were. Right. So like if you got out of this because uh, you felt like you were having a bad time, you're having a hard time, you know, like you can recap capture that feeling by going and by like focusing on learning, you know, and by not being focused so much on, on results. And it's funny because the reason I think it's hard, you can get really good being in almost entirely focused on winning, but great athletes do that all the time. And it makes mm-hmm. it hard for other people to see that that's not always the only way to do things. Um, I think that there are also, if you look at a guy like Mikey Musumeki, that guy is a guy who's been more focused explicitly on what comes before winning, you know? Like you win, but it's the technique. Like you're using the technique. So if you're like constantly yeah. focused on when you're at practice, like you... Um, so stuff like that, like like just get back in the gym. Don't, don't stress about... Uh, where you should be at or the person that that might have passed you on your way or when you took a break, mm-hmm. you know, like, and definitely, so a combination of two things, like remember what it felt like to start and try to seek that feeling out by by learning because that's really what you were addicted to is, is being faced with a challenge and putting in time to get good. To You started to maybe not be able to deal with some of the challenges. You, you forgot about that and you stopped, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. remember how that felt and bring that back to your your training and no matter what challenge or how long it takes like if you make it small enough you'll be able to make an improvement so i think that and like to carry your body you know do your physio and stuff like that so that you're not always out from injury so i think for somebody that that has had a break or had kind of a a breakup with jujitsu let's say like i think that mindset helps if if you're new you know just like don't think that there's anything that comes before starting you know if you don't need to get in shape to start you don't need to get yourself Mm -hmm. in a mental plate it's it's facing the stress and adapting to it that will get you all the things that you want anyway like you you want to not be afraid when you roll you want to get exercise you want to look better feel better you want mental more more mental strength or ability to focus like all of those things are gained in the training room so all you need to do is, is show up at first that's a really excellent point. Great advice too. Um, you hear that so many times from people who are like, ah, oh, I, I, I got to get in shape first. And it's like, no, yeah. like that's, you're missing. That is getting, that will get you in way better shape. Trust I was in terrible shape when I started. So. Yeah, me too. Like I, I was definitely, when I started, I was probably, I'm, and I'm like 5'11", but I was 201 pounds. I was 201 pounds. And that like, I'm for me, like that, that was, I, there's probably people out there yelling at me right now saying you're definitely not but for me i felt terrible and i didn't feel great right. so now like i'm always around a walking weight of around right now i'm about 184 but i'm usually like 177 so and i feel and good at that that to you with no other changes in your life right like i did nothing you can be not nothing on your diet nothing with any sleep anything else like you just come through three times a week you're gonna be like 10 pounds lighter you know yeah so, like, it was that, that's such a great I train thing. Like four days a week, five days a week, I train and then I go home and jam like a slice of pizza and like exactly. just. That's why I do this. That's the first reason I do this. It's so I can <laughs> pizza and not be super overweight. I hear you there, man. I just heard actually, uh, I saw Taza posted something about there's a place in Montreal, Romano's Chicken or something yeah, closed they down. Closed. 
they closed. Fuck, man. That's that's rough. Well, they've they've been getting fined for for some oh, they, 20, 20 oh years. <laughs> yeah, they've been having oh, a, a hard go. Montreal, but they did have place. great chicken. You know, apparently, people love it. <laughs> yeah. I used to live in Montreal, uh, really? and I worked at uh, I worked at a restaurant called Buonanotte on oh, Saint yeah, Laurent yeah, yeah. Street. Yeah, uh, super popular yeah, was, place. It was. It was a great. It was a great place to work. Let me tell you. In your mid mid to late twenties, it was a. It was a lot of fun. I, I worked in I worked in the industry for about five years. So I, you know all about it. Mean, it's uh, it's uh, but it's hard. It's hard the late nights. And yeah, yeah, definitely glad I got out of that industry for sure. It was like I transitioned yeah. well from cruise ships drinking to working at a bar drinking just but it was really neat like for me like a little again a small town nova scotian boy here i am like sitting at the bar and saku koivu's sitting here and like having a or whoever it was in the canadians at the time you know like yeah crazy just like that. whoa what am i doing here this is weird like because like it goes back to what you say like like i'm a pretty humble like dumb i'm not like i don't say i'm dumb uh, like because that's not very good and healthy for your mental health but like I'm, i realize i'm humble enough to be like i, I gotta surround myself with smart people like our whole promotion revolves around the fact that our people are smart who work with us and the athletes lay it on the line it's not it's just i'm the idiot that is working hard to, to put it all together right but yeah but that's, that's, a pretty else, central, that's a pretty central piece and i mean it uh yeah. Picking the right people and surrounding yourself with them is a skill in and of itself, you know. So if you True. don't have a good good organizer doing that, your team's probably not very good. So. Well, that's true. And the thing is, what makes it very hard, I find, is that after every event, if there's new people who are like, hey, I can bring this to the table or I can do this. And it's like, well, you know, we want to do that, but it's like, we I don't know who you are. And it's just like, there we're 30 events in now and we built like so slowly, I guess, like since we started. And anyway, but yeah, like whatever, uh, whatever you're doing has been working. So I would, you know, obviously that, there's always adjustments to make, but you got to trust yourself and do your thing, right? Yeah, that's it, man. Well, hopefully final question before we get going and we yeah. talked a little bit before we came on air here uh, about a, a Canadian Kumite 2 or something yeah. like that, I think. Or, or how cool would it be in Canada to do like a – I always thought it would be neat to go city to city, like a league, like one weekend a month. I mean, if like you look a, at, I'm a big fan of Fight to Win Pro. I'm a big fan of Seth. I how can't you uh, be? Yeah. I, well, the thing is, is that most people that are building these promotions, they're not sustainable, right? So they're yeah. in, a, in an arms race with each other to get big names. And Stupid, the way that jiu-jitsu works right now is you can overpay – two guys to fight and and get a bunch of other volunteers to fight and not that mm -hmm. some people won't have to volunteer if you're a purple button you're going to fight it in a pro event like you may have to fight for free mm -hmm. and that's the way the sport is right now but if you're like a, a black belt established competitor right and you're the co-main event there's no reason for the main to be making 10 grand and you to be making 200 bucks dude that's right? exactly the reason we got out of doing it that way it's stupid it, it, yeah i understand that it, it gets you out there quick Right, like, like if you want to put a promotion up, and you're going to get Gordon. That's what everyone was doing for a while. Just competing for Gordon. It's the same people so, every event. Yeah. So everyone's offering Gordon more money, and this is how Gordon started making way more than everyone else yeah. because everyone knows that that he's the only guy in Nogi Jiu Jitsu that has a fan following. It's like like half Where people actually pay are, for. Are, 
half of his fans are people like us who are like, man, this guy's jujitsu is the best, right? So I want to watch him. And then the other half are people who followed Takashi Six Nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. The people who are like they're internet people, and they're like, oh, there's a big internet guy fighting. You know, they're they're like Jake Paul fans. So it's like, gotcha. He's he's the one guy who's broken into both markets. He's legit. There's no questioning no that question. he's done yeah. or that jujitsu people want to watch him. We do. But a lot of that money is coming from the fact that people who don't watch jujitsu will pay for an event that Gordon's on. Whereas, like, the model should be like golf, you know, where people oh, who no golf watch golf. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, That's, you're probably never going to get everybody to watch jujitsu. Like, not everybody doesn't watch wrestling and everybody doesn't watch judo. And they've no, had that's what people got to stop fucking caring about, though. Like, yeah. people are like, well, you got to keep growing. And it's like, man, what do you mean growing it? Like, where are you going to grow it to? Like, I always yeah, compare it. I'm like, BMX. How many people to, are going to make a living fighting just They're not. Like, you know what I mean? They're not. Like, I don't, I don't I, buy it. I think maybe there'll be a few, but it, I, I think the model is going to be like, you can have these events where instructors and people who teach for a living make decent side cash. Yeah. You know, but it's it's a like you said, it's the fight to win pro model where where the idea is sustainability. We want to be able to keep running this in 10 years. We want to still be here running events yeah. so that the wins that you got 10 years ago are still recognizable as something. Because if you yeah. hey, what's your what's your Kasai pro medal worth right now? No in three years, people won't know that Kasai existed. Yeah. You know, so that, and this is the I can't like I couldn't get over it when we were doing these events and I'd be like I talk to people and they'd be like I, and it'd be like a purple belt and they'd be like I need like f- f- five hundred bucks or I'm like what the fuck is who are you what no yeah. hold on wait a minute like no no that, that's not how this works man like you're messaging me saying I'll fight for you for five hundred bucks like I do you realize I'm selling sixteen pay per view or whatever like you know some events we would do like seventy five or whatever like and that's only made like, worse by the fact that so if they see a guy like gordon make 100k right in a year competing or let's say like 10k for one event 10 15 20k whatever then they're like well then if he's worth that then i must be worth 500 bucks right the truth is that like you're not worth 500 bucks and he's not worth a hundred thousand not not really not that he's not the best in the world from a business point of view like that's how i look at it nobody who's paid gordon that money is is still around making in money making money on their shows no same like, as or, or no companies they will be in two years like they go out and they sponsor and and then they disappear right like yeah, yeah, there are like who wants that game i did this i had sponsor 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 and like and then like it stops working out or, or because there's not actually money it's not there it's a game you know yeah you have to provide return on investment yeah like, so it's like the the person has to be competing and winning. But even if they are competing and winning, how? Okay, let's take like Mika Gavao, who's like a it's becoming a superstar, right? So let's say you sign Mika Gavao to show your role tomorrow. How many geese do you sell because yeah. Mika Gavao signed? Like two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like what, what really was? Yeah. You know, it's a tough it's a tough business. I'm not. Totally. This isn't. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to talk down. No, it's reality, man. Yeah. It's a really it's a poor man's sport. And if everybody isn't in on building it up, like in a sustainable way that, that you put on a show and all of the local schools, they show up at that show and they pay for a ticket and their moms and their dads, they buy the, sh- the pay-per-view and they watch it. Mm-hmm. And like, you can keep running that format forever. And, and that's what we're doing will, now. And people will make decent cash too. They'll make cash to fight. Yeah. What else do you want? 
What more do you want? Like, you know? But and that's the thing. We had to change. Like, I was finding guys for like $2,000. And like it's like, man, no one gives two shits. And further to that, you're just stalling one another. So what? Yeah. yeah no, what? This is insane. No. So then we're like we're doing all like obviously MMA is our game like that's what we're our big thing is but right jujitsu we're gonna keep doing these kumite events in the cage but like we're gonna like we have all local guys and girls now because it's the COVID but eventually we'll probably do Canadian wide or whatever yeah, but I mean anytime you want yeah. we'll bring we'll we'll drive down with the two cars like, full of guys and we'll have matches with all the best dudes in the area we're down anytime it like that's it. This, this is fun. This is supposed to be fun. And everybody's like, when we all show up at a place together and compete, it's fun. If, yeah, if people man. can get over themselves, it's really fun. <laughs> you know, so. One of your students came out for our Chokes by the Ocean tournament, I think. I believe. Yeah, I, man, I forget. I don't know. He, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I thought he had like glasses and black hair and a ponytail. That sounds like Sam Bergeron. Yeah, I think uh, that's what his name was. Maybe is that the Sam. guy? Yeah, Sam's a black belt. He's he's very good. Like and smaller guy, like one thirty. He's smaller guy. Yeah, he's like one forty, one thirty-five, and he runs a school out in. Uh, he runs Revelstoke BJJ now. That's uh, oh cool. So he's a professional nice. ski instructor, and uh, so he he left a, a few years ago, and he's running a school out there now. So very Still cool. Very yeah, good. I remember very he good. came out. Very Who cool else came out? A couple other guys. A couple of, uh, Josh. Uh, he came out. Yeah, there was Scott and Josh and, and Pat, and those uh, are the, those guys all sort of left before I was even the instructor here. They, but they're all still friends. They 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 came up under Lewis, and then they, as like purple and brown belts, decided to open up a gi academy because they they really like gi. They went out yeah. under Kyle, so that's kind of how I I trained with Kyle a few times. Oh, okay, so okay, gotcha. a few of those guys went and started their own schools, but they're all very good. Like Pat Pat Bonway's black belt under. Kyle is world class, yeah. and then there's uh, Scott Jutra who runs a, a school in Ontario, and yeah. uh, that's doing very very well. And he's also, I've seen he's Scott compete at yeah, he's very good jujitsu, very nice guy. So it, there's a lot of Lewis was like the first um, no gi alternative in the city. The reason I say alternative is because Montreal already had a strong MMA scene, right? Yeah. So yeah. you could go to TriStar or Gamma, and you could, but that would it was very traditional. And um, the first sort of alternative place where you could you could show up with a, a scent on your on your shirt if you had one was, was <laughs> and so a lot of people started with this yeah. and ended up eventually going to start their own academies and other stuff. But they're all most of them are still cool with them and and uh, they're still my friends and uh, nice. So it should be yeah. So, so there's a lot of good people that run schools in Quebec that. that aren't a black belt under Lewis, but, but started training under Lewis. Yeah. Well, man, like I know like there was a lot of like, cause I wasn't kind of, I wasn't involved in it, but when we were doing a lot of shows, I heard like there was a lot of drama going on in Quebec at, at the time between mm -hmm. like all different promoters and promotions and shit. Yeah. And I was just like, this is insane, man. Like out here, we don't like, we kind of do our own thing and, and no, like, like we have work, we have a commission that we go through for MMA events, but they don't look after jujitsu. It's like a little loophole that they don't yeah. do anything. So we're able to pretty much be our own commission. And they've came to the events before and they're like, okay, you guys are doing this great. You're building the sport. Like no one's hitting one another. Like you're good to go. So, and we, you know, we have guys out here like, like our coach or Peter Martell or Shane Rice and all these guys who 
who started the scene out here, right? And and who have supported us along the way and put gave us lots of athletes and to to do these events, man. That's that's what you gotta work together big time. Yeah, well it like the whole thing is the money comes from the scene. You know what I mean? So when people are no like question. like how how do we so this is this is kind of my point about about sustainability with shows is that if your goal is to reach as many people outside of jujitsu and pull them in to watch the show as possible, you're in my opinion, and I could be wrong, you're gonna have to overpay superstar athletes mm -hmm. a lot, underpay everybody else. You're gonna have to um, get, resort to the thriller sort of theatrics no question yeah and, yeah uh, you need guys like aaron carter to come in and gravel mikey this, or exactly. whatever you need like, all this silliness and it's like but if you're talking about like growing the scene in a real way that's like what you're saying like how can we have shows where everybody brings a piece like everybody brings a, a couple athletes to compete and yeah and everybody's sitting down and they're they're inviting their families to watch and like now you've built a scene and that scene is sustainable yeah. and that scene will pay out the people doing the work as well it just won't be yeah. millions, you know, but everybody wants to be a millionaire. So, man, it's like, I think it says Bitcoin shit. Everybody's got Bitcoin. Yeah. Everyone's going to be a millionaire. millionaire. Right? Go buy some bank stock. You'll be all right. Well, that's the thing. If you want to do that, like you can go and get a degree in finance and be really good. You can, don't have yeah. to have a degree. You can just go trade. But if you're looking to like, like this isn't the a, a get rich quick scene, no. you know, at all. This is a like, you'll never be paid proportionally for your effort scene. So 100%. you better like what you're doing and, and maybe you can still make some cash, but you like, if you're building with the idea of getting rich, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. I think it, it, it's man. It's, it's, it's couldn't, I can very much verify that. No question. But <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> on the other hand, like I think too, sometimes like I think the, the methods were, and I, I shouldn't say the methods were wrong, but the methods, it's like the UFC now, like the model has changed so much in the right. last two years alone. Like it's become totally and very evident. And, mm -hmm. and also like, I look at that and I'm like, okay, the old method of MMA fights was like, you'd have like a whole team and there'd be like six people from that team fighting on the car. And then there'd be like another team with like four people or whatever. It'd be like four or five teams total competing mm -hmm. on the whole car. Now, like I look at our events and, and the way we do things is we want like almost two teams in every fight. Like if there's 14 fights, I would, I would love to have 20 teams minimum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because then you're you're exposing every one of those teams to this product and you're all gonna grow mm -hmm. together. Whereas if you have five people on one team, you're limiting all these other teams from the opportunities. It's only one person from the team, but it's still at least the team is involved. That's right? a real like absolute advantage you call that. Like meaning that, everyone in the exchange is getting something they want. And when you can create exchanges that are, or situations that produce that, like that's sustainable. That's my point. Yeah. Like, of course the person like you, you're putting on shows, you're putting in work. Of course you, you, you want to be able to make a living from that at some sure, point. Yeah. And, and if I'm, if I'm fighting between my fighting, my seminars, my teaching, of course I need to make a living from that. Right. And, and of course I don't want that to be the type of living where I'm, always worried about paying my bills yeah. right but yeah. i also don't need two beamers so it's like if if my thinking is oh i'm a pro athlete i should have a lamborghini like that well you're not a pro hockey player you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're a pro jiu-jitsu yeah. practitioner who started at 25 years old 
and you know you can pay your Subaru payments just fine. You should be happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like. Yeah. It, so build like I agree with you. The way that you're talking about building a sustainable scene where everyone's involved, where everyone touches it, and then they go back to their schools, and the scene grows, and then the the promotion grows because the scene grows. You know. Big time. Like not the opposite. That, and I think you could do that in Canada, and I think Seth is doing that in the states, and I don't think. I think there's like grappling industries and and Seth at, with Fight to Win Pro. Like I see those as like sustainable, scene oriented organizations, right? Nice. I don't see I don't see many others that mm. that do that. I mean, sit, uh, sit, combat jujitsu it's a different thing, but they do. They sure. try to yeah, build, build a, a whole sport. You know, I love that, yeah. and I think that's cool. When I look at shows more like. Kasai, I see a millionaire coming in, throwing that money around, and eventually becoming disinterested because they're not making money. Yeah, he's not like that. That's a big difference. Like Seth, like he, you know, we're very much the same. Like except we're not doing it every weekend. But like that t whole team no sleep concept of like they're right. literally driving in a truck and, and with some trailers yeah. like we have, like hauling them around, going city to city, putting on a production that they've just become better at over yeah. time, right? And it just you have a, you have a backdrop and you have your like you have your lighting rig and your sound it's like a dj sets and you just go yeah, and it's not you know, some millionaire side project it's it's like no it's this dude's living it's your living like it's like your your project it's your life yeah. it's what you're doing it's the primary thing and that means you give a shit about it not like yeah. oh, i'm test the waters and see if this produces a, some money for me and if it doesn't i'll leave it you know yeah, yeah. i'm just going nothing, to hop on my jet and leave <laughs> yeah that's the quick that's the get rich quick thing right because yeah. like anything that's like worthwhile it's not like that nothing's like that no and you would think like I, i'm always amazed though but, and the thing is there's so many people like I, there's a lot of people on this planet that need to spend money as a mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they ha actually have to spend money to mm -hmm. like they have so why to not tax right off yeah and, and somebody's like oh hey do this for me you know and it's a friend kind of thing because to me if you're if you're that rich and you're good that good at business then how in the goddamn hell did you be like hey i'm gonna put 100 grand into this jujitsu tournament like what yeah what no go buy a yeah. nascar man or something that's gonna make you more money like why would you do that yeah. but again it's a tax right off and it is what it is. If you run these shows right, maybe one day they make they, they make ten or twenty grand a show. Fingers you know, crossed. About at some point you can like I think Fight to Win Pro probably brings in in, in, in the thousands per show, you know, and like Jiu-Jitsu will never get there, but we're very happy what we're doing in Jiu-Jitsu right now. Like we're yeah. we're comfortable. It's continuing moving our brand. MMA is a different thing when you can get fifteen hundred, two thousand people into a venue. Sure. Everyone understands getting hit in the face. Everyone can watch that. You, know? you got her. You got her. That's a big thing. What I realized in doing all these events, like, like here we are in this little town. I say it all the time, a little town of 3000 people, but like a lot of people, the people who get, got it, got it. But like a lot of people involved in jujitsu have no idea, like the level of shit that went on in little, a little fishing community in Nova Scotia, like big, big names that were all like Nikki Ryan's first pro super fight was there. like mm -hmm. things that happened in jujitsu community that no one would even clue in about. Right. Like, well, even but, like you got, um, like I'm trying to think, there's some big names. I mean, Don, the best guy to come out of Canada still is probably Dante Leon, right? He's, he's oh for sure, yeah. And yeah. then Jake McKenzie, huge, huge name from Nova Scotia. Yeah. And there's I'm forgetting one other guy. I think it's Andrew something. Those from Halifax. There was another guy who's really good. Shane Rice is obviously from out here too. He's a Hickson okay. black belt, um, but he's more of a no uh, gi guy. But um, Andrew, I don't think Nick so. Something maybe. Uh, I, I remember there was 
I'm embarrassed. I can't remember the name. But when I started jujitsu, a white blue belt, there was another. Andrew player. McGinnis. Maybe that was it. That sounds familiar. He's from Edmonton, I think, oh, or in okay. Ontario or something, isn't he? Oh, I I'm think. Sure. That, oh, my I'm not sure. But Kyle Sanford was a big name out here. Anyway, we'll have to find. We'll have to think about that. We went way over time, man. We've been an hour and a half almost. Damn. Okay. Just, just wanted yeah. to say that there, you know, you guys have a scene. It's a there's a lot of really, really good grapplers that have come out of Nova Scotia. So there's no reason to believe that it can't continue to grow there. So I think so too, man. It's uh, I, a Taz had just messaged me asking for a video from our event. He said next time have a backup disc for things like that. It's good to use for promotion for future events. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Thanks for the tip. There you go. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate yeah, Taza. Yeah, um, I appreciate you jumping on here. Taza's a funny guy. I like him. Um, but yeah, man. Any any uh, anything we can ever do on our end, and uh, mm -hmm. man, we'd love to have you out at some point. So thanks for jumping on and uh, keep doing your thing. As, as soon as we can get out there, you guys are having an event. We would love. We haven't competed as a team in in almost a year and a half, and we have been training. So. You got something going on? You let us know, and we'll 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 hop on a, in our car and we'll get we'll beauty. Let's figure well, it out, man. So Hopefully, maybe you. the fall or the spring, maybe we'll get you out here. We're ready to go. Okay, buddy. You have a great rest of your week, man. Thanks for jumping on, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Same. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay, buddy. There you have it, folks. Corey Guitar, tenth plane of Montreal. Anytime you're in Montreal, make sure you get in touch with them. Uh, reach out to them and, and go, get up there and train. Uh, obviously, it's world class training. Everybody knows about Tenth Planet, and Corey's a super experienced guy with uh, you know experience from all over the world. And make sure oh, we didn't I didn't get the proper website for his instructional, but I'll put it up uh, on the actual uh, stream itself. But I believe it's learn.jujitsuxfactor.com. I believe is where you can get his uh, videos. But reach out to us, and we can put you in touch with them as well. But thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, stay well, stay healthy out there, and we will be in touch very soon. July 31st, back with Kumite 3, dropping the athletes in the next couple weeks. Goodbye. Nation, no debating, crown me king, I'm tired of waiting yeah. People champ, I gotta face it You disgracing people, senses that you're faking I'm the Lord, I'm Michael Satan With the flow and take him out, annihilate him yeah. No mistaken, new sensation, hood pope Pulling up the ruler nation oh.